They said it's the second most popular number in the Bible. The number is 40. 40 was the, the second most popular number in the Bible. Hello, welcome to the PonderCast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello and welcome to the PonderCast, where it's okay to think differently. My name is Perry Siddons, and I'm joined as always by Drew Petker. And you know, you know, Drew, I was thinking maybe we need a new motto for the show. Uh, it could be two guys who don't know don't know what they're talking about trying to solve the world's theological problems. Yeah, it comes off the tongue nicely, you know, better <laughs> than think differently. This comes off a lot, a lot nicer, I think. Oh, yeah, two guys who don't know what they're talking about. At least it's accurate. Trying to solve, trying to solve everybody's, the world's theological problems. Yeah, well, maybe today we'll take it a little lighter. Then maybe not try to solve a huge theological problem. Okay. Or do you well, want to dive into something deep? Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, always, I'm always up for that. But uh, how are you? How are you this week? Um, I'm all right, I guess. Yeah, not too, not too bad. Life goes on. <laughs> yes, it does. It's hard. It's hard. But I went well in camping the other week, though. Or the other mm. day, that was good. And camping last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah good I'm, time. I'm going camping this weekend with my brothers. So uh, let's. Last time I went camping with my brothers was about five years ago, uh, with May Long, and it froze that weekend, uh, in the at mm-hmm. night. So I'm kind of nervous about. Even though it's the end of June, you just never know what the nights are going to be like. So I'm bringing lots of bedding and it might rain on Saturday. I don't know. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. May, May long's way riskier than mid, oh, yeah. late June. You know, May long's never a good time to go camping. I don't think. No, I'm it's too risky. After that, I was almost like, I'm done with camping, but uh, I think this will be good. Hopefully get some rest, recuperate. Yeah. Oh, I know something. I know something. I was gonna say. <laughs> wife, wife. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. It's their anniversary this past week. That's what happened. Mm. Maybe something happened. I was like, well, something important <laughs> happened. Just kind of put my mind on it. There June, it is. June twenty third. The twenty third of June. Twenty third of June. Yep. Yep. I think it was Two my whole years. I think it was my sister and brother in law's anniversary this week as well. Oh really? Uh, nine years that they've been married. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm only sure. at two, but we're more we're my way up there. And I'm sure they're not listening. So if I get that wrong, that'll be okay. With the, even though we joke about people who aren't listening, we're very thankful for the people that do. And I'm so that's uh, true. I'm so thankful for all the kind words that people send me, and uh, that people are listening and enjoying what we're doing here. As Mm-hmm. So let's let's just get into this. Let's uh, let's get into this week's topic. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I don't know if you've ever come across this, Perry, but in my kind of studying research, kind of looking into things, um, the idea of numbers in the Bible or numer- numerology, as some people say it, I don't know, that a phrase kind of chafes you, I think, but. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, I've kind of been interested in it to study it up for a while. I've never actually done it. Hmm. And so I thought we would kind of 
take a look at different numbers in the Bible. And by numbers, don't just mean random numbers, like reoccurring numbers in, hmm. in the Bible. And you don't mean looking you at don't what mean the book of numbers as well. Yeah, yes, yes. No, thank you. Good <laughs> clarification. Everyone should have said that a little sooner. Everyone probably just shut it off. Oh, I don't want to listen to them. <laughs> I don't want to to talk about this. We're just gonna no, read, no, I mean, we're gonna read all of numbers today. That's what we're gonna Yeah, the whole book. Reading. No, numbers that have a value. There we go. That's what I was going for. And so I was I was kind of doing research on this and I was looking at just kind of like the general consensus of what certain people think about certain numbers and are all the numbers in the Bible. They all have different meanings that we can look. I was just kind of frustrated looking at it all. I went to one website and they literally had numbers one to 42 as listed <laughs> as like important numbers. <laughs> and I was like, what? All of those have a different meaning. Oh, and then my. that was just one to 40. Mm. And then I'll just list them off real quick. Then 44, 48, 49, 50, 60, 65, 70, 80, 100, 111, 120, 153, 153, how, like 200, 222, 300, 333, 400, 430, 444, 440, 490. Okay, but. 555, those all have a significant other meaning besides just a numerical value. Like, are you talking about in the Bible or just in, in the Bible? Oh, no, no, in, in the Bible from biblical context, hmm. people are saying all of these numbers have like a different, um, deeper, maybe like an additional meaning behind them to kind of give the reader hmm. another emphasis on different. And I was just, I was overwhelmed. I was like, that is nuts. Guys, unreal hmm. um and so i was kind of like well i don't know how i kind of take all these things because it's kind of overwhelming why is 153 on that list and you can go to the bible verse that says i don't know what it is i didn't look it up but king whatever reigned for 153 years or something and then he died and therefore it's important because he was a good king so that means it's oh. good so some of them some of them are kind of that kind of flipping like, ah, that's hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you make of numbers? No, it's very bizarre. What do you make of these kind of like numbers? I want to take a couple look at some of them maybe in a bit, but Mm -hmm. your initial thoughts. Do you read into it all? Do you know? Well, this week has been incredibly busy. So I didn't have as much time as I would have liked to to research this. So I quickly looked at a book. and just made sure I knew what I was talking about a little bit. And I'm bringing in some of my own knowledge into this. I've been able to get away with that for some of these, but I thought I should put that out there. Uh, but I'm bringing in some of just what I've known in the past. I think, uh, I, I think I'm just going to be learning from you a lot today and, of course, giving my own opinion. Anyways, let me answer the question, though. Is uh, Like you always do, right? <laughs> that's what I – Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I didn't know that numbers were terribly significant until probably Bible school. I don't know when I started learning about that and how many even even in a little bit of the research I did it was saying like 1 2 3 4 all these numbers have significance, but I and I and, I, and I'm sure that um, I'm positive that there's numbers that have much more significance than than 153 and I know you're going to get to this, yeah. but, 
but like the number seven has much mm-hmm. more significance because it it, appear, it appears so many times through the Bible. One hundred fifty three. Mm-hmm. Like when you said nine one one, I thought, oh, you you must not be talking about the Bible. I I thought, oh, you're talking about like call nine one one. That's an important number in our in our society. But well, it's obviously well, important in the Bible. That one, like I think part of it is taking our context and now applying it to the Bible, which is dangerous, I think. <laughs> and you're saying, well, it means this to us, therefore it means this in the Bible, which I, I think is very poor I, hermeneutic. I don't think... I wasn't doing that, I was just... No, 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 I was just saying that that's where that example came from because I was, do, I was looking at that one too. I thought that makes no sense. Oh. But that's what they were doing, basically. They're saying... We know nine one one as an emergency thing. Nine eleven, we kind of they kind of have all these things wrapped around nine one one, and then they applied that idea to the Bible, which I think is dangerous, dangerous and bad. Like you shouldn't be doing that, right? Shouldn't be what's the, we what's the website kinda... you were on? Uh, like kjvonly.net, and it was a website. No, in, no, in the nineties no. with Comic Sans font. <laughs> this just sounds like that kind of no. website. <laughs> No, 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 no. And I mean, I mean, some of some of the sites were a little more conservative in their number. Like, mm. but lots of them had like mm-hmm. one to forty. Like, these mm-hmm. are all important. The mm. one fifty three, I remember now. Number one fifty three was because um, that's the number of fish caught in John. One hundred fifty three <laughs> fish were caught, and so then after oh. that, it's okay. So and then are they saying? Anyways. Are they saying that there's? There's spiritual significance there. There's a, like, it's a symbolic significance because there's numbers in the Bible, like seven, mm-hmm. that has a spiritual significance to it. Uh, right. Or, whereas, are they trying to say, like, this is an important number, but it doesn't have a spiritual significance to it? Because that's what I think about when I think about number, when I, with this conversation we're having is numbers that have a, that are symbolizing things. And is that what, there is that what they're saying is all these numbers signify something spiritual somehow to us like for instance they say like this was this is one specific site so i don't want to base everything that everyone believes on this one but the idea is this symbolizes abundance and oh. so it symbolizes abundance and mm-hmm. then it gives another examples by kind of uh, another examples like the gospel of john records eight instances where nine people were healed by jesus and then it, it from there, it kind of does some goofy math, and then it says, "Oh, plus all these divided by this, and you get 153." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so, like, but I think it's just taking taking things just way too far. And that kind of brings me to my next kind of area I want to discuss. I guess in blatant terms, is it? Do you think like numerology, like especially like this kind, like where you take numbers and add them and subtract them, and divide it by whatever? Do you think like it's bordering this idea of like Gnosticism, like the idea of like we're kind of saying there's a secret knowledge that you can find in text that doesn't actually stay there. Do you think that that is like kind of could be the background of studying numbers in the Bible that hmm. we're looking for knowledge that is secretive and we, we don't really shouldn't be doing that. Well, what do the, you think about that? I don't think what we're doing is bordering, bordering on that. There is that danger where people take a passage in the, in, in the Bible they take that passage, they take the word, and they say, well, this letter means this number, this letter means this number, oh, you have this, you have this number, and, it, and, it, and, it, and then it means this. I don't really understand how that all works, um, but that is a hermeneutical fallacy. That is a no-no. Don't do that when you're interpreting the Bible, because 
there's no legitimate reason for doing such a thing as that. I think what the, like the danger of that is trying to find this secret knowledge, as you said, uh, and there, the Bible is plain. Uh, you, you have to study it, but what you get on the surface is really like, you don't have to dig too far to understand what the Bible says. We still need to understand that there are numbers that, that the, that there's numbers that are important in Hebrew culture in ancient Near East culture. Right. And so that's where we get the basis for understanding the, the significance of these numbers is that there's a precedent uh, in ancient Near East times. Whereas where you take, where you take a word and you say, this, this letter means this number, there's no precedent precedents for that. And so that's why it's not a good thing to do. Right. Cause I've heard that be with David, like David's name. If you do numbers is 14. And then in Matthew, there's 14 generate, like they're groups of 14 within the genealogy of Christ. It's 14, 14, 14. Oh. And so I've heard like David's name is 14. And then therefore with that, you take it to, like I said, I, I heard, I remember studying up on genealogies and that's where I came across that. I was like, hmm. is that a, there I don't are, know how much water I'd put into that. There are but there, but, significant things that, that, come out of genealogies this week i'm doing uh i'm taking a ruth jonah class with uh daniel block and one of the things he pointed out with ruth uh her husband her redeemer was boaz and he was this he if you if you draw out the 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 genealogy you have perez uh hezron ram amadab nation salmon boaz so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Boaz is seventh in line. And he was compared. Right. And then he and then he says, once Boaz came, the genealogy went up because from there, Obed, Jesse, David. Like there's theological yeah. significance there. So the genealogy. And so he compared that to the genealogy with Enoch, where you have Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalal, Jared, Enoch. And from Enoch, the genealogy goes up and you get Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. So I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And I don't think that I'm out of left field to say uh, there's some theological significance there for for the seven. I mean, we're going to get there, uh, but I guess we're just kind of laying out some groundwork here. The seven is that that significant number of completeness. And so in this time, in this genealogy, there's this almost like this complete, this theological completeness where the genealogy, there's this theological significance about the genealogy when it gets to Boaz and to Enoch. And then things are, things are looking up from there. Things are getting better from there through Noah and through David. It's really interesting. I thought, I don't know. What, what would you think of that at all? I mean, I think it is interesting. I'm like, I think there's that, I think this story kind of gets to that fine line of, knowing what numbers mean through repetitive use and where it originates and then trying to fit a description with a number that has no real meaning of being there. And I think seven is a good example. So I think if you're okay, we could just start looking at that. So you kind of already, you already looked at it and told us what it meant. So thanks for that. No, actually, actually thank you for that. Save me some work. It's good. No, but you're right. No, seven, seven being a number of completion, but where does that come from? Right. Where does the number of completion came from? Well, it starts Genesis, right? When God created, six days he took to create, seventh day he rested. That was the completed work. Doesn't matter what you believe. It was a literal seven, figurative seven, doesn't matter. 
that's a good podcast episode for another I time. Think, I think we know. But, I think we know. But, <laughs> but anyways, there's the, there's, there's seven, right? Seven days. And that's the mm-hmm. idea of completion. I think that's where the theme of completion or the number seven comes from is that right at the beginning of all creation. And then you can actually follow that thread through the old Testament and the new Testament. And you can see how this idea of completion is, I guess, is fulfilled, I guess. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And how, mm-hmm. how every time, every time it's used, if you look at it with the back scope of this idea of being completion, you can see it. And I don't think there's any exceptions there. I don't think there's any, one offer it's like that's and if you find one leave us a comment and let us know listeners <laughs> you find a seven that's not that can't be reference to completion because i think it is i think every time you read it it is completion whether it's a sacrifice in the festival of mm. um tabernacles mm-hmm. well they have seven lambs and for uh, i can't remember the exact numbers but for like 13 days they're supposed to offer a certain amount of lambs every day and it's one less for every day they go well, on the last day, it's 70. Like, it adds up to mm. 70 perfectly. So, it's kind of, there's these interesting nuances. The last day that they're supposed to offer these sacrifices to God as a thanks offering, as a thank you for all the, the harvest, thank you for the year, there's 70. So, this idea is bringing this idea to completion, right, to fullness. That was, that's one of my favorite ones because it's just, it's, it's very interesting looking at mm. Old Testament sacrifice. Right? Why is it seven lambs? Why? Why seven bulls? Why are there always seven bring? Because well, it's a complete offering, right? It's it's hmm. full, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have anywhere like your mind immediately goes to when you think of the idea of seven? I have a couple more, but uh, go ahead. Well, and in, in the New Testament, in Matthew, Matthew eighteen. I mean, how many how many times shall I forgive my brother? Right? And Jesus replies, seven seventy times seven, or some translation, seventy seven times seven. Well, whatever the number is, it doesn't really matter. But I think as the reader, we're supposed to understand, you're not supposed to forgive someone 77 times, seven times, whatever that number is. It's continually, right? You're completely, you're supposed to continually be forgiving, continually mm. forgive people, continually. And so I think that's uh, one of the clearest examples of how this idea of seven has to have another meaning because, or else we shouldn't forgive people forever. We should just forgive them 70 times, mm. seven times, and that should be it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that that kind of narrows it down, narrows the scope of that. And I mean, and then there's also one more I want to talk about 70 and then we'll get to, to uh, maybe look at a different kind of number here. But in Daniel, I don't know if you're familiar with Daniel nine, I think Daniel chapter nine, you're studying down. We looked at last week, I think, but um, there's 70 years of punishment that mm-hmm. Israel is supposed to do. There's a 70 years of punishment. And so, I was kind of confused. This is where I was kind of confused. Is that like the complete punishment then? Do you mean if we're sticking this idea of completion, is a complete punishment? Or is that something that is a one-off? It's like, no, we shouldn't read it with that kind of lens on it. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Of course, there is a little, pardon me, there is a literal interpretation of that, which is mm-hmm. you, you can map it out on this timeline. And it's almost, it's it's hard to, it's hard to know how to interpret it if you're right. trying to do it so literalistic, but I had tried to write a paper on this actually my third year and it did not go well, but uh, I, I was, you know, you're, as you're reading it, it seems like what this is talking about is the coming of Jesus, the coming of the destruction of the temple and even coming 
even the even when Christ even Christ's second coming it seems to talk about. So how can we read that literally as seventy weeks? And I think the connection there is there's seventy years in exile. I was at a Bible study just recently where they were they were discussing Jeremiah twenty nine, and in it they said in that in that passage it said for seventy years you'll be here. What he's saying is get comfy, but you won't be here forever. Right. Uh, you'll leave, and I thought there's more. Did they actually leave exile? Because when they went back to the land, they weren't actually out of exile. Like they were still subservient to other powers all the right. way until and i might be wrong in that there there because there was a maccabean period and there you know all that period there's kind of the it's hard to kind of keep track of all that because i haven't studied that enough but it seems like they're right. always subservient they're always like they're not actually they don't have a monarchy like they did so how did they actually leave exile they were in a post-exilic state but what i'm trying to get at as i'm bumbling my way through this is that when jesus comes when jesus comes he stands up in the synagogue and he reads uh, that past, he reads something from Isaiah and he, and at the end he says the the favorable year of the Lord has come. And obviously that's talking about Jubilee. And when it, when was the year of Jubilee or maybe the year of Jubilee was after 50 years. I, uh, I thought it was, it was on 70. The 50th year. Oh, well then maybe it was 50, but no, it's 49. No, no, no. But you're onto something there. Cause I mean, for is, it was, it was uh, seven years of seven right so 49 and and then on the 50th year right and so that's what my thinking was uh was that after the 70 years you'll be gone from exile because the way that jesus talks in that passage i will set the captives free i will heal the blind that sounds like we're leaving exile but it's a different kind of exile Mm -hmm. um and i know that not all folks want to interpret that in the way I just did that in the old Testament, when it talks about leaving exile, they left exile. Yes, they did. After 70 years, they did. So I'll grant that, that you can interpret that literally, of course, but did they actually leave? Did they actually come out of exile? Like they, they went into their land, but they were still. Mm-hmm. Right. It, but, it's something that I, I haven't, I haven't studied at all on this. I'm just like throwing out some ideas right. here. That uh, if any any of our listeners want to say, Perry, you're an idiot, please, I want to know what you think about, you know, I'm just kind of throwing some ideas out there. Yeah, no, no. And I think, I think that's a good point to make that even though we look at numbers um, in the biblical text, it can be literal, but also have a separate meaning as well. Do you know what I mean? Like in that, and that's I, and I, I don't want to, and like, I for- it can be a very, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to add, though, is that what I'm getting at here is is the idea of, of completeness, of perfection. And that's why I'm saying, it's that's why it seems like, that's why this fulfillment is coming in Jesus. This, you'll right, leave yeah. exile in seven years because of what seven indicates is completeness. And Jesus is fulfilling yeah. that. And he will fulfill that forevermore. When he returns, He's he's started... Like when we when we come to him, we leave like we we leave the domain of darkness. We are we are brought out. We we experience that spiritual exodus. There's so many connections here, and maybe I'm just um, 
getting too sidetracked from our little our, our things with numbers here but there's 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 a significance and so that's why i'm bringing it back to daniel here the 70 weeks well obviously you can't interpret this as 70 literal weeks because of what is prophesied this is obviously language that is talking about when right. the, when completion comes when when these things happen it will be complete right but back to what i was saying i'm not i just want to be clear we're not saying every time a number is used in scripture that could have a possible right. another connotation exactly. behind it. Exactly. We're not saying it's a figurative number. Like for instance, for the Sabbath year, we're not saying it's a literal, like when they have six years and the seventh year, they let the land rest. We're not saying it's a literal or it can't be a literal six years and the seventh literal year. They let, No, I think it's very literal six years, seven year rested. I'm not like, you know I mean, I'm just, I just don't want to get confused in saying that we're saying numbers aren't always exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like when Jesus was talking, I don't think it is literal 70 times seven, or like what you're saying, the 70 weeks can't be a literal 70 weeks, right? Cause Christ didn't come right after 70 weeks. So I think you have to be kind of careful, but also have the idea of what the number means to fully understand what the text is saying to us. And so I think that's a good way to kind of coincide those two things together. The interesting part I thought about that was, and it kind of comes to the next number I was, they said it's the second most popular number in the Bible, um, which I don't know. You can take that or leave that if you want. I don't really care. But it, the number is 40. 40 was the, the second most popular number in the Bible, according to one <laughs> website. But I was thinking in this, this idea of, you said 70 weeks. I was saying, why wasn't it 40? Because they say 40 is kind of like the number of punishment or, or tribulation or trials hmm. or testing. And they get this from, I mean, multiple places in the Bible. Noah, right? 40 days and 40 nights rained upon the earth. 40 days in the wilderness, right? Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. Um, and there's a lot of other 40s you can kind of look at as far as the Israelites for 40 years in their wilderness, right? Moses was on the mountain for 40 days getting the, the law. But there's also like some that are far out there that I think people just kind of throw in there and kind of make up. Like, like this one I thought was funny. Well, I mean, it's not funny, actually, how I say it. But like 40 years, apparently Saul reigned for 40 years, David reigned for 40 years, and then Solomon reigned for 40 years. Mm. And I was like, is, that, is, that, is there something we should see there? And then it says, Josiah ruled Judah for 40 years. And so mm. there's a long list of things that this 40 has. I just don't know how many of them are, like, important to us. Or is it just like a coincidence? Like it's kind of hard to see all these as a commonality, like a common thread running through them all. Because some of them just seem like, no, oh, it's just random. Hmm. And and well, so does does forty does forty indicate completeness? From what I was kind of looking at, I think it's more of probation, or it's like that time of testing, like forty signifies testing or preparation or trials or tribulation hmm. kind of connotation rather than completion is there a meaning to that particular number or is it just it just seems like it's just significant that it's just kind of a repeated pattern and maybe not necessarily right uh, a significant uh, number because even like with the number 12 say uh and the 12 mm-hmm. disciples 12 was also yeah. kind of a number of of uh of fulfillment of completeness and and so the, the and 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 even that 
uh, well, and the twelve disciples has to do with the twelve tribes of Israel, but because, but that yeah that connection there is because of this completeness, and even when Jesus sends yeah. out the seventy disciples during his ministries, well, seventy uh, also mm-hmm. a number of completeness. So did he actually send out seventy or? Well, probably he did, but uh, it's obvious. Well, not like, me, there's, a, there, there's a theological significance to that. To, to their right. 70 disciples going out. Yeah, and like this this idea of 40, though, are, is it just supposed to remind us of similar events? Do you mean like when we when we read Jesus in the wilderness fasting, are we just supposed to be reminded of Israel in the wilderness? Like, or is it just supposed to remind us of these other stories, which is which we should be reminded of? Does it have a common mm-hmm. thread of every time you see this number is a trial or a tribulation that you're going through? Like, I I don't know. It's, it's, I think we are supposed to read it and jump back in scripture and say, Oh, that reminds me of Noah and the flood when there's 40 days and 40 nights to rain. Or that reminds me of Israel. I'm not sure we can always kind of say it's. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's I, I really, thing. I see the pattern there and it's really interesting, but I just wonder mm-hmm. how that would connect to the Kings and maybe it, maybe there isn't a direct connection there because if Saul yeah. was 40 years, David was 40 years, Solomon was 40, were they actually strictly 40 years or are they kind of rounding up for right. theological significance? Yeah. And what does it have well, to do? What thing. does that have to do with testing? Like, does that have to do with the life of Israel lived through, yeah. the, through the King? Like, is that just another period in Israel's history that they're trying to yeah. signify there? I don't know. No. And it, and that and that's what I'm getting at, the idea of maybe this like mm. these numbers to some some extent are just for us to kind of jump back into text and, and into the Bible and just kind of remind us of different events that are happening mm. and, and and not draw some super spiritual other significant okay. meaning from it. Hmm. Interesting. Know, that's, that's where I kinda of say. So maybe I mean, can't I'll just I'll ask you this question. Hopefully I'm not hopefully it's not too much of a question how would the life uh sorry how would the the years that that saul and david and solomon reigned which was 40 years each how would that make us look back then can we like when we look at how long they reign do we do we kind of look back at does that remind us of of the time in the wilderness the flood is there can we look back well i don't know i mean Maybe they just look back between each other. I mean, we see David reign for forty years. Well, he had a better forty years than Saul did, right? Like you can kind of like, or just the fact that the same line. But like, I think, I mean, maybe we can't look back and and see. I mean, maybe it has no significance at all. I don't know if we can say for sure without a doubt that forty has a significant number because I think I don't know. Maybe those are just one offs. You know I mean I don't know. Maybe we can't look back and and see. Well, I don't, I don't, I really don't want to just say, no, there isn't a connection because it's, it's quite, it's quite odd that they each reign for 40 years and the significance that number has in the Bible in the ancient Near East, there's obviously significance there. And I just, I wouldn't know what it is, but uh, we don't have, we don't have to dwell on that if you don't want to be. Um, I mean, we can, I just don't know if I have a sufficient answer. That's right. That's... And that's, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah like, i mean i i don't know like that's, that's why people have to tell us what they think mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Feel free to comment. If you, if you studied this and wrote a paper on it sometime, please let us know. <laughs> like Perry said, we're just two people who aren't smart enough trying to figure this out. <laughs> trying to solve everyone's problems. Yeah, exactly. And now we're failing at it. Um, but we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. You know what? Start your own podcast if you're not going to do a enough job. No, don't, don't encourage that because <laughs> then people stop listening to us. <laughs> Eh, no one does anyways <laughs> oh okay so are All we right. are we moving on now to yeah i just got one more i want to talk okay. about. i think this one has a huge a big mm. significance on society today i think it's one of the biggest ones 666 mm. you know it's kind of a i mean secularly religiously everyone i don't think it's a secret that that's the number of that was disgusting noise <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yes, exactly. It's the number of the beast or the number of <laughs> Satan or the number of, do you mean it's, it's not, it's never associated with goodness is essentially mm-hmm. what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. However, it's interesting that that number, I mean, what day was man created on the sixth day, right? And so we almost, as humanity, we almost have this, people have linked the association of number six to Humanity. It's kind of the number that um, signifies mm. the evil of humanity, the the humanness, mm. which is interesting since it's also equated with the number of the beast or the number of yeah the devil, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really kind of ironic, I guess you could say, especially when we talked about last week how humans, especially in Daniel, talks about uh, like. Nebuchadnezzar becomes like a beast, like an animal. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking this week, it's kind of like, oh yeah, beast, animal, human, sick. You can kind of make these connections. Hmm. However, likewise with 40, I don't know if we should, every time you see a six in the Bible, are you supposed to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's human's failure. <laughs> yeah. that, that's yeah, evil. Yeah, right. That's an evil number right there. Exactly. It's like, well, I don't, I'm not too sure about that. You know, it's kind of. Well, the, 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 the biggest significance or the, the, pardon me, the place where we see that with the most significance is in Revelation where absolutely, yeah. the mark of the beast is 666 versus the mark of Christ is 777. And the contrast there of 666 mm-hmm. means incompleteness, 777, completeness, or unholy, unholy and holy. I don't know right, yeah. where else we see that really in the Bible. I don't think we see the, the idea of holy and unholy. Like like I said, in creation, we know man is created on the sixth day. But I don't know that there's, like anywhere else in the Bible, where you get this idea of unholiness, like this idea of six being the number of unholy. I think it is, like I said, in the Revelation, we do get the idea of the number of imperfection. And maybe we can see that. In, I mean, it might be a bit of a stretch, but even in creation, right? Six days got created, but that was incomplete. That wasn't, right? It was incomplete. The rest was necessary to make it complete. And so I don't know, like I said, that might be a bit of a stretch kind of looking at creation <laughs> there. But, I mean, it wasn't complete until the rest, hmm. right? Rest was important to God's creation. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think I think that it might be an interesting connection there that we kind of hmm. can see. But like I said, I don't want to make the Bible say something that's not saying. You mean it's kind of that dangerous place where you're kind of, but, I mean, Maybe it's appropriate. I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out as we do this. I don't really know. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think I think your I think revelation is the the main point where we get that number. I think it is interesting that it's three sixes because three. I don't know if we talked about three or not, but that, that's another number that means completion. I feel like a lot of them mean completion. You ever notice that or like perfection or it's like mm. every other number is perfection, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Yeah, it's three sixes. So this that's the complete perfection or complete imperfection, hmm. whether it be sixes or sevens. Maybe there's something to there. Maybe it's just a whole bunch of hogwash. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but anyways, what what do you, as far as numbers go, Perry, do you think there's I mean you kind of already said what you think, but like is there a significance? Should we read into all these numbers or should we just kind of be reminded of different events and kind of see if we can draw parallels? Like is that I think that's an appropriate way to read hmm. scripture, like interpret with the numbers, or do you think we should just leave numbers as units and that's it? Like what do you think? Uh, we we need to understand that there is significance in numbers in the Bible. I think, though, that where it comes into place the most is in Revelation. And that's why it's so hard to interpret Revelation right. is because we don't know how to interpret these numbers. These numbers are, are really huge for understanding what's going on. And, and of course, mm-hmm. we have the 144,000 and we have the thousand yeah. year, the thousand year reign of Christ. So if we understand what those numbers mean, then I think it'll be easier. Like we need to un, we need to know what these numbers mean in order to help us yes. help us in, interpret Revelation. But for the rest of the Bible, if you don't know that forty means something, it doesn't really matter. But it's still an interesting thought. Even even the fact that seven means something uh, maybe isn't like. I used to read the Bible without knowing that, and I was able to, and I still can. Uh, now it's just really interesting. And, and even in regards to the exile and stuff like that, that really helps me understand the theological significance, maybe, of what Jesus is f- actually fulfilling in regards to Old Testament prophecy. So right. we do. I think it is good to understand what numbers mean in the Bible, but not milking it so hard that now you're misunderstanding yeah. the Bible. Right. But I mean, you never thought Jesus' words in Matthew 28, I think. You never thought that was the minimum times you had to forgive someone, did you? You already had a new, you had an understanding of like, oh, it doesn't mean right, that many right, times exactly. and that's it, right? You knew it was a complete, so kind of a sense of it already. That's interesting that you say revelation, you need to know what the numbers mean. Why can't they just be literal numbers, Perry? <laughs> Uh, just kidding i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking you don't have to, i don't want to that's a different topic a different time <laughs> i don't want to get into eschatology well you. let me just say but one no, thing about the about however just let me say one thing about the 144,000. is that that that's is, what i was going to say something we need to understand that like if that does not mean literally 144,000. I think everybody can, everybody yeah. in evangelicalism, Orthodox evangelicalism, can agree that that means yes. the fullness of God's people. Actually, some yeah. people, oh, now it is more controversial. I see, than that, but I was, I was going to simplify that. But, well, I was just going to say that's the one where we know for sure that's not 144,000, right? Like we know it's not. And I think um, that kind of brings me to my next point. And just that when we look at numbers in the Bible, when we look at, it has to be reoccurring. Do you know I mean like we, it has, I think it has to be a, a reoccurring theme for us to say, this is what that means. I don't think we can just pull one 
number and be like, this is for sure what this means. Like 153 fish were caught. Therefore it means miraculous things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't and think, so that's, I think that's uh, I think that's a very unwise way to read the Bible. And let say. me, let me dare say this from our dear listeners who I hope will still listen to this. That's why I interpret the thousand years in revelation as oh, no. symbolic <laughs> representing the fullness of <laughs> the age until Christ comes oh, no. <laughs> because it's a number in revelation there, there that, goes and a thousand, a thousand represents completeness. It, it, so guys, I'm of sorry course, right now. So I apologize. I, I don't believe that it's a literal thousand year Jeez. reign. And I am. This episode was going so good until right then. It was everything well, was like, oh yeah, we're kind of. <laughs> this was supposed to be a not as controversial, <laughs> not as tough topic, and then you brought that up. <clears throat> Jeez. Well, oh, in a, in a couple of weeks, well, I'm on a couple of weeks, I'm going on a break, anyways. So hopefully we can get hopefully fourth, we can... fourth forced sabbatical for Perry. <laughs> we, need some, we need some less controversial stuff up in here. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. well, I think I think that's a good place to end it there, Perry. I think I think we have a good kind of foundation though. Numbers can be important, but I think like you said, we should be milking it for everything it has. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for like a secret message or a secret code in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because I think then we can come to this place of Gnosticism where there's a secret knowledge that only the people that are really good at math can figure out, <laughs> which I think is foolish, a foolish mm-hmm. way to to read scripture. But I think there is some importance to numbers and, and I think it would be wise to kind of research and look at and kind of see connections and you not know, put all your stock in that. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely worth looking into, I think, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, and one last comment, it's not controversial, is... Uh, the fact that Jesus was in the wilderness for 40, uh, 40 days. And when you understand mm-hmm. that number, like there is significance there. It's not just random. He's actually fulfilling. Right. He's fulfilling what Israel couldn't. So he's really taking yeah. the place of Israel. And there's, I think that's where we, that's why that, that's why that, that particular instance is significant and everything that's wrapped up. in yeah, that. Sure. So uh, we want to thank everybody for listening once again. And, uh, you know, Drew, I'm thankful that you've been putting up with me for, I think this is episode nine. So we've been doing this for actually over nine weeks because we did a couple of weeks before that where we were, we were testing this out. So, well, this has been a good, good nine weeks. Thanks again, everybody for listening today. We do so appreciate, uh, you tuning in and for your kind Mm -hmm. words as well that we've heard. But we would love for you to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also share on Facebook and Twitter, uh, email it, text it, shoot it up in the air, whatever. Uh, we depend on you, our listeners, in order to advertise the PonderCast. Uh, we really depend on word of mouth. And we, we, we want to spread this because we want to help others join this conversation as well. And we want to help others in our mission. We want you to join us in helping others think differently about the Bible and theology. You can give us feedback or episode ideas by emailing us at perrysponderings at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Perry's Ponderings. And you can join the conversation on our Facebook page and on Instagram with the question, what is the significance of numbers in the Bible? What, what do numbers mean in the Bible? For more ponderings, check out perrysins.com. And thanks again. See you next week. 
Uh, and, and until next time, keep pondering.